trigger of beauty is the quest. But where will you find beauty when it's locked in the mind past all remonstrance? This is Poet on Song, and my name is Mariama Antoine. With these great lines begin my tribute to the doctor, novelist, playwright, imagist, and poet, William Carlos Williams, whose rigorous notes strike close to the core of the American ethos because they are scrupulously just. It's two fingers on the American pulse, folks. It's beauty, it's devastation, it's solitude, it's reveries, it's ignorance, yes. Creative imaginings whose exacting strokes are as simple as they are meaningful. What makes William Collis Williams remarkable are the snapshots that he took of the American landscape. In essence, he showcased the mood, the temperament of a whole country, the people, their inner turmoil. Hear this is from Patterson. A man like a city and a woman like a flower who are in love. Two women. Three women. Innumerable women, each like a flower, but only one man like a city.
What I love most in that opening, it's the accuracy of that fall in love, or at least how accurately he portrays it. it makes you wonder, is men really a city and a woman a flower when they are in love? After all, what is a city if not the embodiment of the intellect, its decadence, revered sights and seedy dives, all that civilization can deploy, what is constructed? And what is a flower? Biologically, it's billions of years of evolution. Suffice it to say that if all of human history were compressed in one hour, flowers would exist only for the last 90 seconds. Flowers, the rigor of beauty, the game changer. But is that only so when we are in love? Here is more from Patterson, book one. I love this poem, it's interesting. To make a start out of particulars and make them general, up the sum by defective means, sniffing the trees, just another dog among a lot of dogs. What else is there and to do? The rest have run out after the rabbits. Only the lame stands on three legs, scratch front and back, deceive and eat, dig a musty bone. For the beginning is assuredly the end, since we know nothing, pure and simple, beyond our own complexities. Thank you.
You've got to wonder what it means to perceive the essence of something, or what it's like to know a country's essence. Maybe it's that you understand it so well, its undercurrents so well that you can draw a picture of it, a picture with words. You come to figure out after a while with William Carlos Williams that it's not just the American soul that is etched out across your imagination, but that very human experience we all share in its beating heart, its desires and fears across an American experience. So it's transcendental in a way, if you'll allow that word. Here's a poem about the common man's suffering. Its emotional landscape is incredible. It catalogs all too well that almost defective, destructive facet of what he called America's pure products. It's called to Elsie. The pure products of America go crazy. Mountain folks from Kentucky or the rib north end of Jersey with its isolate lakes and valleys, its death mute thieves, old names and promiscuity between devil may care men who have taken to railroading out of sheer lust of adventure and young slatherns bathed and filled from Monday to Sunday to be tricked out that night with gods from imaginations which have no peasant traditions to give them character, but flutter and flaunt sheer rags, succumbing without emotion save numb terror under some edge of choked cherry or viburnum which they cannot express. Unless it be that marriage, perhaps, with a dash of Indian blood will throw up a girl so desolate, so him round with disease and murder, that she'll be rescued by an agent, reared by the state, and sent out at 15 to work in some hard-pressed house in the suburbs, some doctor's family, some Elsie. Voluptuous water, expressing with broken brain the truth about us. Her great ungainly hips and flopping breasts addressed to cheap jewelry and rich men with fine eyes as if the earth under our feet were an excrement of some sky and we degraded prisoners destined to hunger until we eat filth while the imagination strains after deers going by fields of golden rod and the stifling heat of September. Somehow, it seems to destroy us. It is only an isolated flex that something is given off. No one to witness and adjust. No one to drive the car.
The next poem I read many times when I was young, but I never really grasped it, though I always loved it. I suppose I didn't fully grasp what it is that I was loving. It's shrouded in the echoes of colonization. It's a poem about the victor's power, his prowess. It's the white man's burden. But mostly, it's about isolation. It's about the pain of never being allowed to belong to the culture in which you were born. I think he would have understood that particular complexity, which is just such a global issue now. He had a, he, William Carlos Williams, had a Puerto Rican mother who was half French, who had grown up a white woman among blacks and mestizos in Puerto Rico. Williams himself was educated partly in Switzerland and France and Paris at the famous Lycée Condorcet in the Ninth. In many ways, he felt French, felt American, loved his Puerto Rican mother. After Ferguson, I was amazed to stumble upon his insight about the fear that black mothers have for their black sons in America. He called it a special kind of hell. And in this poem, it's the deepest suffering the speaker can imagine. It's called Adam. Here it is. He grew up by the sea on a hot island inhabited by Negroes, mostly. There, he built himself a boat and a separate room close to the water for a piano on which he practiced by sheer doggedness and strength of purpose, striving like an Englishman to emulate his Spanish friend and idol, the weather. And there, he learned to play the flute, not very well. And thence he was driven out of paradise to taste the death that duty brings so daintily, so mentally, with such a noble air that enslaved them all his life thereafter. And he left behind all the curious memories that come with shells and hurricanes, the smells and sounds and glancing looks that Latins know belong to boredom and long toward hours an Englishman will never understand, whom duty has marked for special mention, with a tropic of its own and its own heavy-winged fowl and flowers that vomit beauty at midnight. But the Latin has turned romance to a purpose as cold as ice, and he never sees or seldom what melted Adam's knees to jelly and despair and held them up pontifically. Underneath the whisperings of tropping nights, there is a darker whispering that death invents especially for northern men whom the tropics have come to hold. It would have been enough to know that never, never, never again would peace come as the sun comes in the hot islands. But there was a special hell besides, where black women lie waiting for a boy. Naked on a raft, you could see the barracudas waiting to castrate him. So the story went, 
circumstances take longer. But being an Englishman, though he had not lived in England, he never turned back, but kept a cold eye always on the inevitable end, never wincing, never to unbend God's handyman going quietly into hell's mouth for a paper of reference, fetching water to posterity, a British passport always in his pocket, mule back over Costa Rica, eating pâtés of black ant, and the Latin ladies admired him, and under their smiles dartled the dagger of despair, and in spite of a most thorough trial, found his English heart safe in the roseate steel, duty, the angel with which whip in hand, along the long low walls of paradise where they sat and smiled and flipped his fan at him. He never had but one home, staring him in the eye coldly and with patience without a murmur silently, a desperate, unwavering silence to the unhurried last.
Beauty is unheeded. Though for sale and bought ghibli enough, it is true, they fear it more than death. Beauty is feared more than they fear death. Beautiful thing. This is where we end. This has been Poet on Song, and my name is Mariama Antoine. The music on this podcast is by the great Miles Davis. If you like what you've heard here, I hope that you'll stay tuned as I pay due homage to that poet of Ireland, Derek Walcott.